Welcome to the How Did You Get Into That podcast. Each week, we want to bring you an inspiring interview or encouraging message to help you find and do work you love. Now, here's your host, Grant Baldwin. What is up, my friends? Welcome to another episode of How Did You Get Into That? My name is Grant, and I am honored and delighted that you are here, my friends. Today, we got a great guest for you. We got uh, Baron Quadro talking about his site and blog, EffortlessGent.com. It is really, really cool. Before we get into that, before we share his story, hey, I want to remind you if you are interested in speaking, many of you know that I am a speaker. We do a lot on the subject of speaking. Uh, we have a free email course that if you haven't checked out, you need to check out. You can find that over at bookedandpaidtospeak.com. Again, that's bookedandpaidtospeak.com. It is a free nine email course helping you get started as a speaker. So if you're brand new, even if you've been speaking for a little bit, trying to figure out maybe what you should talk about, how you find more bookings, what you should charge, all of that stuff is going to be included in there. So definitely check that out. Again, totally free email course over at bookedandpaidtospeak.com. Check it out. All right. So for today, we've got, uh, again, like I mentioned, my friend Baron Quadro. Uh, Baron is a guy who, he's like a, a stylish dude's dude. You know, like, you know, you see some of those guys, you're just like, they just look sharp and they look put together, like they put some effort and thought into it. I need Baron's help because I wake up in the morning and I just throw on like shorts and a t-shirt and that is my daily work from home uniform. And I would like to look more sharp, sharper. I would like to have a sharper image. They don't sponsor the show. Don't worry. But I just, I don't know what to do. And so Baron's here to help us out. So he talks about his story and journey about building this. But at the same time, at the end in the bonus round, we talk a little bit about if you are a dude or if you have a dude in your life that you just know needs help, we talk that through of uh, helping them out. So you can find that in the bonus round. You can download that for free by clicking on the link within the show notes of this episode. So let's get right into it. Here is my interview, my chit chat, my conversation with Baron Quadro of Effortless Gen. Enjoy. What is up, my friends? Welcome to another episode of How Did You Get Into That? Today, we are joined by my buddy, Baron Quadro, who runs a pretty slick site. This is a site that dudes like me need, and I'm going to let him tell a little bit more about it. But Baron, what's up, man? Welcome to the show. What's up, man? Thanks for having me. Glad that you are here. All right. I am the type of dude that needs what you offer. What is it that you do? (laughs) I run a site called Everless Gent, where we basically take this honest approach to personal style. We basically help guys build great wardrobes that they love and feel confident wearing. Nice. We were talking a little bit about this offline that I'm the type of guy that I know looking good matters and it's important, but I'd much rather just wear like shorts and a t-shirt, but I know I need to snazz it up from time to time. So my wife gives me crap that she always says, for someone who doesn't care what they look like, you're the pickiest person whenever it comes to getting clothes. So uh, (laughs) I need what you offer. So in terms of just like a, a style site for men, like what all does that include? What does that entail? So, you know, there are sites obviously out there, like the GQs and the Esquires who sort of focus on aspirational style, guys who are really, really into like the finer things or whatever. This site started more because I honestly just had some friends in high school and college who would ask me questions about what to wear. Like they asked me, what shoes go with this outfit or what shirt do I wear with these pants? Random things like that. And after getting questions like that for years, like similar questions over and over, I decided, well, why don't I start a site that actually answers these things? And like provide a platform for people to sort of search for these answers without me having to answer them over and over. That makes sense. Gotcha. Totally. So where does your own sense of style come from? Is that something that you just kind of grew up with or just something that kind of just comes to you naturally? I guess so. Yeah. I never really thought much about it. I've always been interested in clothing and style and sort of like the 
I guess like the confidence that you can get from dressing well and the perception that you sort of put off or your self-perception, like how you feel about yourself. Um, I don't know. I just feel like when I was growing up, like all that stuff sort of just made sense in my head and I've always just really enjoyed clothing and, and dressing up. So I think from there, it's sort of translated to me helping my friends who notice that I dress well, help them out and answer their questions and then sort of spiral from there. Why is it that like a good outfit can really like make you feel legit? Like it just helps you stand a little taller and a little extra pep in the step. Like what is it about clothes that have that effect on us? I don't know, man. Like I think it's, you know, like when we meet people, right, we don't know anything about this person that we're about to meet. All we see is their physical, like we see them in their face, we see what they're wearing. That's all we know. That's all we know about them. So when you dress up or when you dress well, you sort of put this, you know what your clothing can say something about who you are, right? And so depending on what you want to say to the people that are looking at you, you can sort of change their perception. And I think that's why it's really important. And guys don't really notice that until they finally try it and realize like, oh, you know, I actually get a great reaction when I dress well. Yeah. And I totally get it. It's just like, I don't know, maybe it's just the internal laziness of most of us that we're like, ah, it's just a lot easier just to throw on these shorts and a t-shirt and flip-flops and just go from there. Totally. Makes sense. (laughs) All right. So the site itself, what all does this consist of? Is it just primarily a blog or is this something that you're generating revenue from? What does kind of the business model look like? Yeah, it's a full-time gig. I started off just as a blog, but I always knew that it was going to turn into some sort of business. I didn't realize how at the time. But, you know, we do like a couple of e-guides, basically like e-books. We have a course out that we uh, just launched. And then now we're sort of getting into like consulting and things like that. Nice. Okay. So a hodgepodge of different things. We'll come back to some of that. But uh, one sure. of the things that you said there I'm kind of intrigued by is you said you always kind of had this sense that it, this was going to turn into your full-time thing as you're kind of just starting something. So like, how do you know if it's going to work or something, especially when you're starting something that, you know, is just kind of a unique niche? How do you have the sense that this is going to play out well? I guess you don't know, right? If you're still if you're starting out something and no one else that you know is actually doing it. But you know, I've had friends in the space, and we like you mentioned earlier offline. We have a bunch of friends, like sort of in this space of internet business. I always want to take my love of entrepreneurship and wanting to start this business and doing it online, but meld it with like my fascination with clothing and how that affects people and and all that stuff. So I knew that was going to be something. Yeah, right. I didn't know how it was going to turn out, but. I knew I wanted to give it a shot and I'd kill myself if I didn't. So I'm glad I did. Were there any models or anybody else that you were looking to thinking like, oh, okay, that dude's over there. They're doing, that's what I want. So like what, I guess just if I'm just getting started, and again, this isn't just applicable for some type of style blog. I mean, this is for anything. I'm right. thinking about this. I know when I've, whenever I got started as a speaker going like, I know there's this skill set <laughs> that I have and this thing that I think I could be good at. I have no idea how to actually make a living at it. And so the light bulb for me was seeing other speakers that were making a living at this, like, oh, okay, that's the model. Like that's how you would go about doing this full time? Were there any of those type of people that you were looking at? Or is this more just kind of like, we'll just figure it out as we go? Yeah, totally. There were people, especially in my space, who I looked to just to see what they were doing and how they did it. A lot of them were sort of just starting out at the time, but they were already making a little bit of money. So I knew like there was a proven model there. Like some guys though, so there are different ways to do it, I think, in my space. And my space is unique in the sense that like we're not teaching people how to make money online, right? We're not like a fitness blog or anything, which I think it's easy to make money doing those things, right? But then with style, it's sort of like an aspirational thing. It's sort of like you have to want this, right? So some ways that guys in my space do it, like if they go the advertising route, right? Or they go the partnership route. Some guys like went straight to like teaching like courses and eBooks and stuff. And I, I sort of do, I do a little bit of everything. You know, if you can touch on multiple ways to get to people and to help them, then I think that's really the best way to go. So I really enjoy doing the books and courses and stuff and advertising. Like it comes naturally just because 
there are brands out there that want to work with you because you have the audience. So it just sort of makes sense to work with the companies that you love anyway. Gotcha. So did you go to college? Yes. What did you study? I studied, it's like web design. Okay. So even in college, was this kind of on your radar or like, this is what I'm going to do? I'm going to figure out how to make it happen? Or like, what was the plan at that point? I knew I always wanted to be some sort of entrepreneur. I knew I wanted to do something. I thought I was going to be like a freelancer consultant person like right. for a lifetime. I've been doing design, building websites and stuff since I was a kid, like back in the AOL days. If you remember oh, that. Old school. Come on. Yeah. Now. <laughs> I, t- <laughs> I tell myself like HTML, CSS. And this is like before you even knew what an internet browser was, like separate from AOL, right? Right. So uh, I learned all this stuff and I just really enjoyed it. Uh, and so, you know, going to college, I thought I would do that. And I mean, those skills, you know, helped me out a lot because I was able to build my own stuff and it helps me nowadays. But, you know, I think realizing like it wasn't exactly what I wanted to do, but it took me a step closer to what I wanted to do. So out of college, are you doing that? Are you doing it as a full-time freelancer, uh, just uh, working on sites for other people? Uh, yeah. So I graduated and then I got like a web development design internship with this company called CNET, which is, it's a big, huge tech review site. It's a really yeah. old site. But they're still around, now, aren't they? Yeah, they are. They were bought by a CBS. Okay. Uh, so now they're like a CBS property, but back then it was just CNET and I did like web stuff for them. And then at the time though, I was already starting Effortless Gent. So I built it sort of on the side and then uh, eventually I took it full time. So at what point did you decide to start Effortless Gent? Like talk us through that of, of basically, okay, you're doing this thing uh, with CNET and it's, it pays the bills. It's fine. It sounds like it's not necessarily anything you want to do. Ter- like, actually, let me ask you, did you enjoy the gig at CNET? Yeah, totally. Like I really like, you know, I mean, I worked with a team that was great. I always enjoyed the designing and the developing of sites. Uh, that was always really fun to me. But I always knew like I wanted to strike out on my own. And uh, and I think this is when like the impetus for like building the site and making sure it's, it's successful is sort of where that came in. Gotcha. So you're working for CNET. It's going fine. You enjoy it. But you know, like I want to do something on my own. Did you know immediately you wanted to do something with men's style or were there other ideas that you kind of went through first? Yeah, I mean, I wanted to go the consulting route, like the sort of mini agency. I had some friends who were pretty successful, like building like sites for for clients who are and they were getting like five figure, you know, jobs and stuff, which I thought was pretty awesome. But I always felt like that was a route to take if I wanted to do like the time for money trade. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I didn't necessarily want to do that. I wanted to build like a, a platform and an asset that I could work on once or work on a few times a year or whatever regularly and just be able to sell to an audience that really wants it and not have to, you know, basically get new clients over and over. And I felt like there was a way to do that in this space. Like there wasn't anyone doing it and I was really interested in the subject of men's style. So I was like, there has to be something here. So I just put it out there. I started a site. At first it was just a blog with information. And then eventually it, you know, it transformed into something that's, you know, more like with products and things like that. So whenever you're starting it in the beginning, you're just primarily doing a blog. What exactly are you writing about? So I took all the questions that I would get over the years. Actually, when I first started, I sat down and I made like a list of like 50 topics like I'm going to write about, like just random basic questions that guys always ask me, my friends. Like what? Like what I mentioned earlier. What pants do I wear with these shoes? Or like, okay, if I have a formal event, like what are the three outfits I can put together so I know that I'm not too overdressed or too underdressed? Things like that. Like things that I guess come naturally to me, which I just understood based on my experience and just trying stuff. But then, like, some guys just have no clue. So I want to just give them, like, the short, quick answer. That would be me. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So, all right. So, you're writing the blog in the beginning. How are you finding new readers? How are you finding people that are even interested in the subject? Back then, I was on Twitter a lot. Like, I, Twitter was, like, sort of new. And so I was, I was excited, like, to be able to meet people who are sort of doing what I was doing, but also just readers. And then, so I would actually go to sites that have Twitter accounts that have um, big audiences. And I would actually follow their followers. And I would, like, 
I think this was like a Gary V trick. I don't know. I would like basically answer their questions to them on Twitter. Like I would talk to people, people whom they were following, like let's say X blogger who is bigger than me. I would like talk to their audience. I would follow them. And then eventually like they would follow back. They would read my site. And I think I was just doing that for a while. And um, I know my audience, it just sort of grew on there. And then, yeah, that was pretty much the main tool that I used back then. Gotcha. Do you think that strategy still works today? I don't know. I think so. Well, I think the uh, idea of communicating with an audience that you want to have and just being really helpful, I think that always works no matter what the platform is. Yeah. And you know, for me, that was Twitter. I think nowadays, if I were to start over, I would probably use like Instagram a lot because you know, style is very visual. So um, I think Instagram would be great. Facebook, obviously. Are you using Instagram a lot today with what you're doing? Yeah, I think I started kind of late. Like I used it personally uh, just for my own photography, but like over the last, I don't know, a couple months, we started been ramping up our Instagram efforts. I think it's been helping. And I just, I don't know, it's, it's more fun. It's one thing to write about style, right? It's another thing to like see photos of things and try to really explain. And so you kind of grow another audience on there too, which is kind of cool. Right. And I like one of the things you said there that, that the platform may always change, but the ultimate idea is just that you go online and you be helpful. Like look for people that have questions and have needs and have pains that you can solve and just being able to chime in on that, whether that, again, whether that be through Twitter or Instagram or through blog comments or whatever that thing may be. So it sounds like you've done that in a variety of different ways. Absolutely. And yeah, it's always come down to, you know, like the very core of it is just to answer guys' questions. That's always really what I wanted to do and especially with style. So no matter the platform, if I can do that, then I would love to. Gotcha. All right. So you're building the blog. How long are you doing the blog before you kind of have the sense that I think this might work? I think I've got something here. Yeah, I think I took it full time. Let me see. Probably 2010. I think I quit my job around 2010. So it actually took me a while to release my first product. I think it took like a year and nine months to release my first ebook, which looking back, that's probably one of the things I would probably do differently. I probably would have released that a lot sooner. Why did it take so long? I don't know. Like, yeah, that's a good question. Probably part like fear, part like I'd never done that before. Part I didn't know exactly what it was that someone that what they wanted. So uh, I actually went back to Twitter and to my to blog comments and to my email list, which was growing at the time. I was like, you know, what can I do for you guys? Like, what exactly do you want? If I were to release a book, you know, I just got like a ton of answers and that helped me put together the table of contents essentially for the book. Was it a lot of the, the same answers or did you feel like a lot of the stuff that you were hearing from people and the feedback you were getting was just all over the map? So you kind of felt like you could do a, a bunch of different products or was it pretty consistent? Over the years, like as I've done like little surveys here and there, I've gotten like sort of like this hodgepodge of answers, but there's always like themes behind them. So I was able to like sort of group, you know, ideas together. And so the first book was basically like a primer on taking your style from like nothing to something that's very, I guess, appropriate for like life and work and just sort of taking them through those steps of how to get from where you are now to, you know, where you want to be style wise. Um, and it was a very general primer, but I think it's a good introduction to like just shifting your thinking and how you approach style. So that was sort of like the first ebook that I did. So whenever you did that ebook, are you hoping that this is going to just blast off and I'm going to be able to quit my, my gig at CNET? Or are you just thinking like, all right, let's just try this and let's see if we can get a little bit of money in the door from this? Or what are you hoping the ebook becomes? I was honestly hoping that it would do well. I wasn't expecting it to like, let me quit my job. But um, I, I, knew that, I knew that it was something that people wanted as far as like their feedback. So I was excited to put it out there. I think we did like I don't know, 12,000 in the first three months or something like that, which was great. Like yeah. for me as a first timer, like never selling anything online to see that sort of result from a $27 ebook was pretty exciting. So yeah, I think it did pretty well. I was able to, so again, this is like, because I'm a designer and developer, I was able to sort of transition out of my job, which luckily I had that skill. I was able to quit and if I needed to take on 
you know, freelance gigs here and there. So that was like my transitional point from full-time job to full-time business. I had like a little help in in between just being able to take on clients. Okay. So timeline here. So you've been doing the blog for a year and, and nine months mm-hmm. and then you write the ebook, sells $12,000 worth over three months. So you're about two years in at this point and that's the point when you decided to quit the job? Yeah, it was around 2000, I think it was 2010, like March, something like that. Yeah. And then I, I quit. I had freelance clients lined up because I knew like I would need income, obviously, but I knew this site was growing and I wanted to put more of my time into it. And being a freelancer, you can sort of work whenever you need to just to get the job done, but then you can spend all your other time on this thing. I know you mentioned that you've got like you had other freelance clients lined up, but was there anything else that just gave you the confidence to quit this thing that hypothetically is consistent, stable, secure? You know every other week what your paycheck's going to be. Whereas when you venture into the the land of the unknown entrepreneur world, that like there's months where you make bank, there's months where you make squat. So was there anything that just gave you the confidence to be like, it's now or never? We got to take the leap here. Yeah, I don't know, man. It's what I did. It's one of those things like where it's just like a bunch of events at once that happen, and you're like, you know what? If I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this right now. And you know, it was just enough time for me to be like watching the site grow and seeing the traffic come up, you know, seeing the sales come in, knowing that I could do this, knowing that I could build more products if I wanted to. And if I had to, I could always fall back on these freelance clients. But even without that, I knew I wanted to do this. So it was two years into it. You have to remember like two years of writing articles every day, like growing an audience every day, growing an email list, like just being like fully into this after the nine to five every day. Like I knew that this is what I wanted to do after two years and even before that, but it was just, I was even more sure at that point. And so I just had to leave. So whenever you're at that point and you're on the fence, should I stay? Should I go? Like how much of it do you think is like logic and just rationale versus just kind of this intuition where I just have this sense that this is going to work? Like how much do you think that plays a part in it? For me, it was like, it was a lot of intuition, right? Like it was a lot of just... And it's funny because as you're working on things, like I think you just know because if you're that excited about a subject, and this doesn't go for everyone, but if you're excited about a subject that you're working on it like from 7 p.m. to 2 a.m. every day, even though you have work the next day, you just sort of have this like understanding that it's going to go well. And, and it's further solidified by when you sell stuff and when you get responses from your readers that they love it or whatever, you know, like that obviously further solidifies the idea. But I think it has a lot to do with intuition and knowing that you're going to be fine and you're going to do well. Yeah. It's tough to know because like sometimes you have that intuition like, I think this is going to work. But at the same time, like, you know, I need to eat and live indoors and I have bills to pay and responsibilities. So I don't want to just do something foolish and throw caution to the wind. But I mean, so it sounds like, you know, this isn't something where like on Friday you have this this random idea to start this blog and on Monday you're going to quit your job. I mean, you'd been writing and developing and building this thing for two solid years. Like in those two years, describe what that's like for, is that I mean, you're working a full-time job, plus you're coming home and then busting your butt to create something else on the side. So it sounds like you're just working constantly. Would that be accurate? Yeah. I remember when I was still working at CNET, I remember I would come home, eat dinner with my wife. Well, she's my girlfriend at the time. We would eat dinner and then I would literally like sit in the office and work from, I would say 7 p.m. to like 2 a.m. every night, probably for the first year at least, because I was trying to plan the content. I was trying to build a site myself. I was developing it. I, uh, you know, just doing all the little things that you had to do to start a site. And also, I didn't really know what I was doing as far as building the business itself, like what my strategy was, what I wanted to do. So I was just trying to think of things and like sort of put myself in that mindset. But mostly I wanted to work on the content because I knew like there were all these articles that I had to write. And I would literally do that every night. And I launched the site and then I would just continue writing articles every day. Like, because I, at the time, I was publishing three times a week, which is crazy. But 
I've since scaled back to just once a week with like a really sort of juicy post. Back then they were sort of like lighthearted questions here and there. But I knew like the strategy for content was to have something that's really meaty and like informational. And so I, I've since switched to that a long time ago. But back then I didn't know anything. So I was just sort of writing a lot and working a lot. And But I knew I wanted – I enjoyed it. So I never hated it. You know, It was never like a pain in the ass to do it. Right. I really enjoyed building the site and, and growing the audience. And this is always like something I've wanted to do. So it was never really hard, but it did take a long time. And I think that's like, if I could go back and tell myself, hey, this is going to take two years to even get anywhere, it's going to be, I feel like, I don't think I would ever talk myself out of it, but I think I would want him to know like, hey, you know, like stick to this. It's going to be great. You know, just keep going. Do you think you would have quit or do you think you would have even started had you known it had been two years? I don't think so because you know what, honestly, like it's, I just did it for fun because I enjoyed it. Like, yeah. so it was never anything like I was like, oh man, I don't really don't want to do this. I looked forward to it every night, like just, you know, pounding away and, and making sure it should happen. I never really, yeah, I, honestly, I don't think I would have quit. I'm really glad I, I didn't quit. And I'm glad, like, I'm glad it wasn't. See, the thing is, I always want to say, like, oh, it's because I talked to up and coming, like, men's bloggers today who are like having a really hard time finding an audience and finding their voice, things like that. And, I don't know, like they started like a week ago. I'm like, dude, I wrote for two years, man. Like it right. takes time to find your voice. It takes time to grow an audience. Like don't be so down about it. You're only a week in, you know? Right. I think that applies to anyone who's starting a business, especially if it's online. Like it'll take time to build something great. Like you just have to put in the work for two years or whatever. Right. It seems like most people just maybe aren't willing to do that, you know? And it just, like we see Effortless Gent today and you're like, man, that looks cool. And it's like, yeah, but it's taken, like you did as you started in, what did you say, 2010? I mean, we're talking five, six years later that you've been right. working on this thing, trying to build something up. So none of this is just some magical overnight unicorn that, that just suddenly appears. It's just, it's a crap load of work. And I think that's the part that's so important for people to note that, yeah, you have this cool site, but you didn't see the, you know, 7 p.m. to 2 a.m., working every <laughs> single night like that's the non-glamorous non-sexy part that nobody knows about but like that's what it takes so during those two years how often if ever th like did you were you questioning if this was worth it was your girlfriend fiance wife at the time questioning if this is worth it are you just like what the heck am i doing like why am i doing this what's the point of this are, are those doubts ever running in your mind I think from time to time that always happens, right? Like when it's late at night and you have to get something published and you're like, wait, what is the point of all this? But, you know, in the back of my mind, I knew, and I think this is like, again, part of the intuition that we were talking about earlier is like, if you're an entrepreneur, you never really question the fact that you need to strike out on your own. You know, you never really question like, you never truly question, is this going to work? Because you know you're going to make it work, right? Somehow, some way it's going to work. And so I never really doubted myself longer than a few seconds. You know, and I just knew like this is something I wanted to make happen. I knew it was helpful. I knew people liked it. I just wanted to keep it going and find a way to make money from it. So you quit the job at CNET. You've been uh, doing the blog for two years. You launched the ebook. You've made twelve thousand from that. Twelve thousand living in New York City is not enough to live on. So, like, where do you go from there to continue to build it up? I wasn't at the time living in New York. I was still back in San Francisco, which is not cheap either. <laughs> yeah, true. That's true. Yeah, I mean, like, you know, we just continue promotions with that. Sold really well. We have our second ebook, which was geared towards more of um, sort of like a younger crowd, like high school, college kids. That was like a side project that I thought was just interesting. I sold it for really cheap, like 10 bucks. The funny thing is, like, when you create products, even if you don't even touch them, like, for years, they still sell really great, which is interesting. Like, and that's, I think that's one concept that people who aren't doing products don't understand. Like, you can create something once and it just sell forever. You can update it continue selling it you can relaunch it things like that so i mean that's essentially what we did and then you know we created a, um, a more of a high-end course uh, i think it was like at the 150 dollars price point which we just launched recently so it's we're still like in that phase of launching and uh improving so 
you know, we just have like a line of products and stuff. And then now, and then also obviously we have the advertising money that's coming into I'm working with brands and stuff that we enjoy that when I say we, it's like me and my site. And I have a couple of freelancers that I work with brands that we enjoy and wear on a daily basis. Anyway, we get to work with these clients and we get to expose them to my audience too, which is kind of fun. Nice. Very cool. So today, I know you mentioned the, ter- the revenue comes from a variety of different streams. What are the top three? And like, what kind of percentage of the pie does that make up? Yeah, right now, it's a, we're really big on sponsorships and advertising and working with brands. And then secondary would probably be the ebooks. And then now we're getting into a little bit of consulting as well, like just higher end consulting for you know busy guys. Gotcha. Okay. So let me ask you this. If someone were wanting to start in this industry today and they wanted to start a style blog for, and it could be for men, it could be for any type of, of just demographic, mm-hmm. what would be some, and I know we touched on this a little bit earlier on just <clears throat> being super helpful, but what else would you do just to continue to build an audience and to build a brand around this subject or topic? I think like be relentless in the pursuit of the one specific person that you're trying to help. That really helped me a lot. Like, so in the beginning, I knew that there was a specific type of guy that I could help. Like, so if I were like level, let's say seven on a scale of one to 10 of menswear expertise or whatever, I knew that there were guys who are on levels one through six who didn't know what I knew. Yeah. So I think focusing on you know, one specific type of person that you can help and just doing everything you can to help this guy like or this girl, whatever, write articles for them, you know, tweet for them, help them, email them, things like that. That's essentially how I was able to be successful is just to help one specific person instead of trying to be something to everybody, if that makes sense. Yeah, and I've heard that advice from a lot of people of rather than trying to help the masses, like just think of one and not just like some vague person. I'm, you know, I'm thinking of John who's 39 and he works in the, no, no, like I'm thinking of this very, uh, this is the human, the actual human being. And so it really right. puts their face in my mind of like, how do I not help all of these people, 20 somethings trying to figure out style? How am I trying to help this guy, this right. one individual person makes such a massive difference? Totally. And I think like also, even if you are worried about like, you're not capturing everybody, there are going to be people who like can read that and then sort of put it in their perspective and sort of apply it. Because I get readers, like let's say I'm writing to like the 30 year old, you know, the 30 year old career guy. I get emails from like 60-year-olds who say, hey, this really helped me. I'm like, oh, that's awesome. You're 60 and you still can apply this advice. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, totally. And I found the same thing to be true even with the podcast of kind of have an idea of, of who the show is for. But yeah, we definitely have people of all, we have uh, high school students that email and those 50, 60-year-olds who email us right. who are asking questions about careers or business. And so yeah, it's, it's important cool. though to focus though in on one thing. And yeah, you're definitely going to have those other people who it, it attracts and, and catches their attention. So like, where do you go from here? What's the plan long-term to build up and scale something like this? You know, I want to continue creating great products and I want to try across a variety of different price points, but I want to focus also on helping really like busy entrepreneurs, busy like queer guys get their wardrobe started. Like there are a bunch of guys who have a ton of money and who don't have any style and who don't have the time to figure it out. They don't have time to read an ebook. They don't have time to do this and that. So, you know, this is something that's, it's funny because, you know, consultations and stuff don't really scale. But I like the idea of one-on-one help because one, I can learn more about what my audience needs. And two, it's like, you, I don't know, I like the idea of like face-to-face because we don't do much of that anymore, especially in my business. I'm just right. like helping faceless people on the internet. Like I like the idea of like being able to meet someone in New York and be like, hey, let's do this thing. Let, let me help you figure out this wardrobe thing. And obviously that's going to cost you know a lot of my time, but I, I think it's a good way to learn my audience and a good way to meet people and a good way to just eventually help it'll somehow filter back to the site and the content that's there and i think it'll be fun 
Yeah, I think that's a great point that it's one thing when we're, especially if you're running some type of internet online based business like we do, that you're helping a bunch of faceless people. But when you're actually meeting a human in person and you're taking them to the store, like let's actually go to the rack and let's pick this out and put right. this on and let me show you why this works or why this doesn't work and explain that and hear their questions and their feedback and their take on it. You get a totally different perspective that you wouldn't get from just, you know, reading someone's email or answering a tweet. So definitely those in person interactions make a huge difference. Exactly. Nice. Well, cool. Well, hey, tell you what, I got a couple other questions, uh, primarily about like men's style itself. So, if some of the, I know we got plenty of dudes that are listening to this, like, sure. The bear, I need your help, please, desperately. <laughs> My significant other needs you to rescue me. So, we're going to talk a little bit about that. We're going to save that for the bonus round. So, if you're a dude who is lost like I am whenever it comes to fashion, we're going to talk a little bit about that. Maybe you are the significant other of a dude who is lost and you need to help them. Then uh, you're definitely going to want to download that, and he's going to give us some of his uh, best tips strategies, tactics, all that jazz. So uh, make sure you download the bonus. I'm just setting you up. So no pressure here. You better, yeah. better deliver here on the, on the bonus round. So, but in the meantime, if we want to check out your site, check out what you're up to, where can we go? Oh, go to effortlessgent.com. I'll be there. Awesome. We'll definitely link up to that and the show notes. So uh, that'll be good stuff. So again, we're going to be talking a little bit more in the bonus round, just about style and uh, some of those next steps that we can take. So we will uh, catch you over there. Sound good? Sound good, man. All right, there you go. Hope you enjoyed that chit-chat with uh, Baron Quadro of Effortless Gent. Really good stuff there. Again, definitely download the bonus material of the uh, episode. That way you hear a little bit more about uh, that style. How do you get that style? How do you look sharp and presentable? And uh, Baron shares a couple other resources. If uh, you are interested in that, uh, definitely check out. So again, you can find that link within the show notes for the bonus material. Hey, if you haven't already, be sure to subscribe to the show. Don't want you to miss out on anything. Go back and check out the archives. We've got uh, nearly 140 past episodes that you can download and uh, consume, enjoy to your heart's content. All right, we've got Thanksgiving coming up here in the U.S., Christmas around the corner. This is a time for you to just start reflecting on the end of the year, looking ahead to the next year. Good chance for you to start figuring out, what, like, what am I doing with life? Where's life headed? And on that note, we've got some big news coming down the pipe in the near future, so be on the lookout for that as it relates to the uh, the podcast. So that wraps up today's episode. So we will be catching you again soon, very soon, next time. We kind of butchered that close, but we're going to leave it in. See you soon, my friends. You're awesome. Thanks for listening to the How Did You Get Into That podcast with Grant Baldwin. Don't forget to visit grantbaldwin.com for all the show notes and links discussed in today's episode. We'll see you next time.